0: Welcome to the SB Live California Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Morissette, joined today by our two California reporters, Bodie De Silva and Lance Smith. I've wanted to do a podcast like this for a little bit. We're going to ask some overarching questions to this three-person panel. I'm including myself in the panel. Some basketball stuff, some football stuff. We'll try to keep it moving pretty quickly. But uh, like I said, I've been really excited to do this for a couple weeks now, and I'm glad we finally have some time. Uh so Bodie and Lance are are you guys ready to rock? How are you doing? Bodie, you were at a great game last night. Uh, did you get enough sleep?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. This is this is a good time of year. And um, yeah, just so many playoff games uh, these last ten days or so as we head into the state finals.
0: Yeah, Bodie saw Carlsbad fall in triple overtime to Foothill Santa Ana in a Probably the best game we'll see in the state playoffs, so glad we had someone Yeah, definitely
1: one of the best. I mean, I can't think of a better one I've seen all year.
2: You don't get too many multiple overtimes.
0: so. Certainly. And Lance, how are you? Hanging in there?
2: I'm good. I'm good. I can't believe we're uh, only a week away from being on the road.
0: Yeah, heading up to Sacramento for the state basketball championships next week. We'll probably do a podcast preview for that next week, so look out For that, Lance is going to focus with some boys basketball thoughts, but girls basketball for these questions, then we have some football stuff at the end. So we will get started with this. Who was your favorite player to watch in our region, high school basketball, boys or girls this year? Bodie, I'm sure you'll uh, focus mainly on the boys, Lance on the girls, but feel free if, if anyone wants to double dip, by all means, I'm going to focus more on the boys. So Bodie, we'll start with you. Favorite player to watch down in San Diego this year?
1: Yeah, there's a couple directions you can go there and and it's not going to be too far off the board. I'll go Martin Flores from San Isidro. He's a guy that his scoring numbers went down this year really just because the team was much better and um, they obviously made it to the Open Division Championship game. He was 25 a game as a junior, 21 this year. But at 6'9", at and a great shooter, I, he just provides something that you don't see too often at the high school level. He's not like a pure post guy. They already have those, those guys on the roster. Um, he can really take advantage of the mismatches on the perimeter and, and did that well. And um, unfortunately, they weren't able to make a state run. But getting into the Open Division for the first time in school history and making it to the finals, he had a great
2: senior year.
0: Yeah, they had a tough draw facing Village Christian in the state playoffs. That's a really, really talented team. Lance, we'll go to you. Favorite player to watch this year?
2: Well, there hasn't been any one particularly dominant player who I've seen, you know, maybe five or more times, which uh, wasn't necessarily the case the past two seasons. But uh, one of my favorite storylines this season was uh, in the city section with Birmingham being on uh, probably not being too many people's first or second pick uh, to win the city section, especially missing one or two starters for the whole year due to injury. And, uh, Jenna Holly, their, their lone star senior, uh, just really took the next step this season going from 12 points a game to like 19, uh, still good for four or five assists a game. I mean, she, she's just fun to watch for a lot of reasons. Uh, but the way that she was able to carry a young team that just plays hard and has a lot of gritty wins and, uh, in a lot of their biggest wins, she might have 25 points a game, and then no one else has 10, even though they might have a few kids with 6 or 8 points, but if she's not uh, just dominating, then they, they don't go on the run that they do. Um, that that was a fun one. Uh, a few other uh, players who are among my favorites to watch, who I only saw a couple times this year, but I'll miss watching. Uh, definitely got a shout-out, Kaylee Bayon at Rosary and London Jones at Corona Centennial, Hannah Steins, uh, Orangewood Academy. They're all uh, just extremely gifted offensive guards, fun to watch, flashy and effective at the same time, and they're all going to be great at the next level. So uh, I'll miss watching them.
0: I have two. I had a big list of players I really like watching who I nominated. I'll run through them really quick. Jaden Bush and Elijah Price at St. Anthony, Brady Dunlap, Harvard Westlake, Benny Gieler, Rolling Hills Prep, Tay Simmons, a freshman at Heritage Christian, Isaiah Sherrard, and Oak Park Jr., Quinton Webb, New Mexico signee, Edawanda Power Forward, Tyler Weaver, at Etalissa Niguel, Jared McCain, Corona Centennial, Amari Bailey at Sierra Canyon, Daryl Morris at Korean Lutheran, a great shooter, and Miles Che at Fairmont Prep. But my two big winners overall, my favorite players to watch this year, Caleb LeCount at King Drew, averaging 33.5 points per game. Even though King Drew fell in the Open Division Championship game in the city section to Fairfax, LeCount's third and fourth quarters will go down in the history books as legendary just willing his team back into a game against Fairfax where they really had no business being in the game after the slow start that they they got into and just seeing the Drew crowd every time LeCount would do something magic with uh, either dribbling with the ball or or, or finishing. He scored 33 points in that game, and man, has he been fun to watch. And then Donovan Dent at Corona Centennial, his ability to get to the rim, the intelligence he plays with, uh, those have been my two favorite players to watch. Okay, Bodie, Coach of the Year, do you have some nominations for for boys basketball
1: yeah i think oftentimes people will look at who won the open division was there something like that And you can absolutely make the case uh for terry tucker at san ysidro we just talked about martin flores um with san ysidro getting to the open division the first time in school history great accomplishment loaded group of seniors um i'm going to go with jason stewart uh, San Diego won the Division Three championship. I was at that game uh, for them. This is the first CIF title in in sixty five years. They were uh, back in the day. They were the school before Torrey Pines and La Costa Canyon had opened. Obviously, Canyon Crest wasn't open, and um, that district for years. Now those other three schools have dominated Torrey Pines, La Costa Canyon. Each of won uh, open division titles, and San Diego's kind of been the the forgotten school because they don't have football. Um, but for them to get a get to a run this year, they got the Hapgood twins who transferred in. They were state champions sh- uh, champions as freshmen at La Jolla Country Day, and now finishing out their career. Uh, that was a really cool thing to see, and I, I think putting that group together um, was was a great job by Jason Stewart getting them all to play together. And um, that's who I would go with as my candidate.
0: Lance, do you have a coach of the season nominee or nominees?
2: I have a few common. Uh, I have a few nominees, and I, I, I don't know if I would be able to pick between them. And it it's not an exhaustive list, but it definitely has to start with Standaluse at Etiwanda. Uh not just getting the open division chip, uh, top two or three in the country team, but doing it undefeated uh, with injuries. We always talk about Deja Mitchell, so if you listen to the pod, you probably already know. So I won't dive into that. But uh, she again wasn't really there when they uh, beat Sierra Canyon. Um, And they're all young, so got to start with him. Uh, Michael Mitchell at Santiago Corona, that's the real surprise team of the year uh, to beat Santa Margarita, Ontario Christian, uh, to win the two-way Southern Section Championship. Right now, uh, they beat Bonita Vista in-state. So uh, I I don't know much about that team, but on paper, they're just that surprise team. Uh, So you got to shout out Mike Mitchell. And uh, Leslie Aragon at Orangewood Academy, keeping them in the open division. Uh, even with a less talented team than last year, plus some unusual circumstances with Hannah Stein's leaving and coming back but missing the very start of the year, and they were kind of a work in progress in a while, uh, for a while. And then lastly, Lindsay Charity at Olu. Uh, Orange Lutheran had a great year with a very young, inexperienced team, uh, won the 2AA championship, and uh, as much talent as they have, uh, I don't think people would be able to look at them and be like, oh, well, they have such a talented team. Uh, if they weren't a well-oiled machine, more often than not. Um, so, so those four names come to mind. There's tons of others with great cases, but the, the gotta start with those four.
0: I have a list as well. Starts with Tony Bland at St. Bernard, after what he went through at USC to come back, coach high school basketball, and to do it at a really high level. Um, I'm not saying anyone didn't know what he was capable of coaching, but. Uh, have what happened to him at USC to really become the the poster man for an FBI investigation that has brought pretty much nothing to the table in terms of charges and bringing head coaches down uh, when it came to corruption and paying players. I, I just feel so bad for Bland. If you don't know what happened, he had FBI agents raid a, his hotel room and arrest him on some corruption charges, and he pled guilty to only accepting a couple thousand dollars, and it's all very murky, but uh, he didn't really do a whole lot wrong, and I'm so glad that he's coming back and, and, and doing great things with St. Bernard. Josh Giles at Corona Centennial, the Open Division champs, losing Kylan Boswell and still being able to do what he's done. He actually won the Coach of the Year for SB Live California a couple years back. I think David Rabibo being able to beat Sierra Canyon in the Southern Section Open Division playoffs, he deserves a shout. Julian Andrade, 2AA Southern Section champion with Village Christian, Bill Burke, the 3A, champion with Rancho Cucamonga, and then Yo Edamati, who I don't know if you had a chance to talk to him last night, Bodie, but the Foothill coach at Santa Ana, he does a lot with uh, not a whole lot in, ter- in terms of talent. Not saying that team's bad, but they don't have any big-time college prospects, and they've won at a very high level this year. And then in the City section, Tariq abdel Samia, the Grant coach, first title in program history. I think he deserves a shout-out. But if I had to cut that list to three, it would probably be Tony Bland, Josh Giles, and, and Tariq Abdel Samea, but we'll be talking a lot about Coach of the Year between now and the end of the season, so uh, stay tuned. Underrated basketball prospect, Bodhi, who's someone in San Diego who you think they might not be highly regarded, or or maybe they are right now, but you think they're even going to be more highly regarded in college in a few years?
1: Yeah, there's two senior guards that stand out to me. One, Sebastian Medina. I go back to San Ysidro there, one of their really talented seniors. Um, He had a great year, stepped up with some huge games. I saw him in the Holiday Classic. Uh, against St. Mary's, Arizona, who's one of the best teams out there. He had 38 points uh, in their league game against Benita Vista. He went for 60 points. Um, Just a guy that felt like in the eight or 10 games I saw him this year must have shot 70%. He was just, when he gets going the direction and um, that he wants to and gets to his spot on the court, it felt like it was automatic. And um, he's someone with with good size, and um, I would expect him to get picked up, whether it has to be a junior college stint first or whatever, but he can absolutely play at the next level. Then the other guy I'll look at, Logan Houston from Torrey Pines. He was a top bench guy as a junior. Uh, they had that great 30 and one team, was only four points per game, steps in this year to go aside, uh, alongside Otto Landrum, goes up to 15 points per game, five assists, two steals, Great athlete, uh, track and field guy as well, and um, I think really improved his stock. And, and I know he
2: wants to play at the next level, and I expect that to happen.
0: Lance, to you, do you have an underrated prospect?
2: Yeah, I have one, and, and uh, she's been the number one for me for over a year now. and I, I can't believe I'm still saying this in March of 2022, uh, but Ari Long from Valley View, uh, one of the leading scorers in the state, one of the leading rebounders in the state, uh, when it passes like a point guard, and uh, at about 6-0, she's a do-it-all wing. Uh, doesn't get a ton of buzz or hasn't up until the last year, uh, just because Valley View doesn't make a ton of noise. But um, she's she's about as good as it gets, I think. I think she's a legit high four-star, five-star talent, uh, averaging some 35 points and 15 rebounds a game. Uh, might be the most skilled off the dribble shot maker uh, and and just shooter in general. Uh, in California at 6-0 with point guard skills. So it's all there on paper. The numbers are crazy and uh, the film doesn't lie. She's finally got some offers from, uh, I think, three Pac-12s plus Indiana in the past year. Uh, But the fact that she's still not nationally ranked and not a massive, you know, 15, 20-plus offer kid uh, just blows my mind. So uh, most underrated prospect, most underrated player, period, Ari Long.
0: My underrated prospect is someone who's just starting to really see their potential in terms of the recruiting game. He was just offered by Texas Tech. It's Devin Williams at Corona Centennial at six foot nine, six foot 10, however tall he is being able to shoot threes to defend the way he does and just how he plays. I'm so impressed with, to me, I think he should be a UCLA recruit at some point. I don't exactly know what's going on with his recruitment there, but I think the sky is the limit for him with that size. USC should be all over him. Uh, but really, Washington and Texas Tech are the only Power 5 schools on him right now. And I think that for Corona Centennial, we, we hear so much about Jared McCain, Donovan Dent, and they're great as well. But Devin Williams might be the best long-term prospect on that team because of his size and, and because of how he plays. So I, I think he's extremely underrated on one of the best teams that is properly rated in the country. And I hope that... As time goes on, people start to recognize how talented he is, and I'm excited to see where he ends up in college because I think he could certainly be a guy who only plays a couple years and, and then can go pro. I I really think he's that good. Probably not a one-and-done, but but certainly a guy who, who's two or three years has the potential to be two or three years and done. Okay, let's move on to the starting five dream team. If you could pick any five players to play a game for you, must win, your life's on the line, you, you got to win. I'm not talking about the five best players in your area. I'm talking about who are the five players you think would play the best together to get you a win if your life depended on it. Bodie, to you.
1: Yeah, I think the easiest answer would be to pick uh, St. Augustine's starting lineup just because they did play so well together this year when they were at full strength. Um, not losing to a San Diego team when they were all healthy. But uh, yeah, so I'll go uh, I'll go Devin Arlington uh, as the guard there to handle the ball. Uh, a little different of a pick here, a guy that went underrated throughout the year and one of the lone San Diego teams still playing. But Jaden Matassalam from uh, Mount Carmel has been incredible. Over 100 threes this year, shooting 47% from there too. So that's the guy that kind of I would want uh, in my corner shooting uh, from long distance this year. jurian Dixon has been a great scorer for St. Augustine all year. Take him as a wing. Uh, I'll go Martin Flores to kind of create a mismatch of a six-nine guy on the perimeter. Uh, and then I'll go Otto Landrum in the post, going to play really hard, get all the rebounds, um, and just do uh, all the work that the team will need inside. So that's the five that I'll roll with.
0: All right, Lance, your starting five girls basketball dream team.
2: Well, a year ago this would have been so easy because uh, – the 2021 class in the Southern section, we had uh, the three McDonald's All-Americans: Brooke Dimitri, Rhea Marshall, Kiki Uryoff, and uh, plus Jada Curry, who should have been there. So that foursome uh, is just would have been an incredible, incredible to put together. Um, but this year, uh, I talked about Ari Long. Uh, any team I put together, I'm gonna want like a three-and-D plus player at the shooting guard. Uh, she is textbook three-and-D plus. Uh, I, I'm gonna want my one sort of alpha scorer uh, alongside her, who uh, can take over games and is is my uh, has the ball in her hands in crunch time. Uh, for me, that's got to be either Gabriela Haquez or Juju Watkins. I'm gonna go with Haquez just because I think uh, uh, Watkins is still learning how to play with other great players a little bit. Um, so I so I'm I'm gonna go with those two. I want Kennedy Smith from Edowanda at the four. Uh, does literally everything. Um, and then uh, Hannah Stein's uh, four-star Washington commit, uh, six-foot point guard with uh, a 30-foot range, one of the best passers in the state. And with those four, I have players who can all play on the ball, off the ball, uh, immense defensive switchability, which is as big in girls' basketball, women's basketball as it is for boys uh, and, and men's, and then uh, anchoring the paint. Uh, I think it's gotta be Ice Brady, the other McDonald's All-American, uh six four uh, has the skill to be a stretch four but the size to be a dominant five. Um so she'll be my paint anchor and we'll definitely see some time both in the post and uh getting the ball on the perimeter and some five outsides. So uh definitely have those have those guys moving the ball a lot, uh switching defense. I think that's a nasty starting
0: five. When you can only pick five you gotta make some tough omissions. So I, I appreciate your rationale there. I can see the mean tweets and the mean Facebook posts pouring in Lance about leaving off Juju Watkins but I, I trust your judgment, and I think, uh, like I said, you got to make some some really difficult omissions, and I'm going to do that in a second as well. Uh, you know what I mean, though, when we see on Twitter and and the the companies make the graphics like, "Oh, analyst Lance Smith said this." <laughs> I yeah. can see something well, like that happening.
2: Well, when you look at why, for instance, America's national team doesn't doesn't play very well right now on the men's side, it's because they have too many players who might be a top three or top five player. Uh, but they're just not used to being in, in a system where they're not the number one or the number two. So that's why I only want one of those like freak 35 per point per game small forwards, you know, uh, just, just like you said, the, the the best five person unit, not necessarily the best five players.
0: Great rationale. And I'm coming your way now with the same rationale on, on my end. So at the point guard spot, I have Donovan Dent at, at the shooting guard spot. I have Jared McCain, two chronocentennial guys. Dent, a senior, McCain, a junior. They know how to play together really well already, and I, I think arguably they're the two best guys at their positions in, in California high school basketball, so, so that's a no-brainer. Even though he plays shooting guard for Sierra Canyon, Amari Bailey, I have him at the small forward, assuming he's fully healthy because that's what we're doing in this exercise. Uh, he, he's a, a, another no-brainer. And then I had some trouble at the four and the five picking my my – selections for the four I seriously considered Brady Dunlap although he plays a three a little bit more for Harvard-Westlake so I wanted to try to keep it as honest as possible Elijah Price from St. Anthony was someone I thought hard about but I ended up going with Quentin Webb from Etiwanda because pairing his athleticism with Amari Bailey I think is incredible and would something that I'd like to see he's also developed a great jump shot so you have a guy who, who, who can shoot as well in addition to Dent McCain and then even though Amari Bailey isn't known for his shooting, he every now and then can can knock down a three, but it's the athleticism that, that draws Bailey into the team. And then at the five, who am I going to pick? A lot of great centers. I have Hillcrest Jr. Dennis Evans, the seven-footer. Just get in the paint, get rebounds, block shots, outlet the ball, and get out of the way on offense. That uh, That's how I have my starting five. And if anyone on Twitter would like to tweet their starting five, please, uh, please let's hear it. So Evans, he's just in there for rebounding and and primarily defense, but but there we have it. Okay, one more basketball question before we switch over to football. Bodie, who was the top freshman in San Diego this year?
1: Yeah, so for me, it's a pretty easy one there. I got to go Jake Hall from Carlsbad. Uh, there was a lot of hype coming in, heard a lot about him, and I think he delivered and more. I mean, he stepped up in some huge games, 44 against Vista, uh, 37 against Santa Fe Christian, and then to end his year again last night had 37 against foothill that one probably being the most impressive in a state environment for a 14 15 year old goes 17 of 17 at the line um he was 85 percent from the line this year as a freshman so uh this is a guy that he's got a really good chance to be a a four year all cif guy and um had a really impressive start and look forward to seeing what these next three
2: years are for him
0: lance your favorite freshman or your top freshman
2: Mm, it's tough. Uh, there's compelling cases to be made for Addy Deal of Pacifica Christian, certainly the one putting up the big numbers and the quadruple doubles. Uh, Puff Morris starting point guard for Etowanda, uh stepping in being that floor general for the best team, arguably in the country from day one. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And then uh, the Windward forward uh, guard, forward center, do it all, uh, Samari Bankhead. Uh, she is so, she's such an impressive physical specimen and she's so physical and aggressive and uh, just seems like a grown adult, uh, but she's literally a freshman. Um, so uh, I, I would say there's a, at least three, if not five freshmen in the state uh, or in SoCal who really each have their own legit case.
0: Yeah, a ton of freshmen in the Southern section and LA City section. My three favorites this year, Braden Berry's small forward from Riverside Poly, I think if he keeps working on his jump shot, the sky's the limit for him. He he does everything else so well. Now it's just time for him to work on that shot a little bit. Gavin Hightower, the Windward freshman, saw him go toe-to-toe with Sierra Canyon when no one else on that Windward team was really in the same ballpark as, as that Sierra Canyon team. But Hightower showed that he belonged. Only a freshman. Really, really great point guard. And then I love watching T. Bartlett, the modern day center this season. He got better as the year went on against Bishop Montgomery, even though Modern day lost in the state playoffs this week. He had a huge game. He went toe to toe with Xavier Edmonds, a Bishop Montgomery Jr. And I think Bartlett he's not gonna step out and shoot it. He's a classic uh old time big man. and I kind of like that. I like that uh there are still guys who will go in the post, throw their weight around, go up, get fouled. He's just huge. and for a freshman, it's really impressive what he's doing. Um, some other great ones, Cade Bonham at St. John Bosco. Elsie Harrington would probably be higher up if he didn't get hurt. Uh, Giovanni Ruff at Long Beach Poly has been great. Tay Simmons, a power forward at Heritage Christian. But my three favorites, Braden Berry's, Gavin Hightower, and T. Bartlett. Okay, let's switch to football, some spring football. Bodie, which high school football team is no one talking about now? Not that we're talking about very many now, but we <laughs> will be in October. Someone off the beaten path who you think will have a good season?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Madison here. Uh, they ended up losing in the Division One semifinals this year. But when you go through and see what they have uh, with so much talent returning next year, uh, I'll start with they got the top returning offensive lineman, Jonah Rodriguez, picked up a bunch of Power Five offers now. Um, they got a returning quarterback in Reggie Johnson, who wasn't asked to do a ton this year, but was really efficient when doing it. They've got top two running backs coming back, Tyson Bryant and James Tevow. Tevow's a, a two-way guy, more short yardage, Division One linebacker. Um, Head coach Rick Jackson, his son, Jake, out at uh, wide receiver, who also happens to be (laughs) the school's best basketball player and uh, Division I baseball player as well. Uh, Just everywhere you look at the top 11 tacklers are all back. This is a team that, um, and they've they've had some runs in the past. They've won two state championships just in the time that I've been covering this team. Um, So Madison's one that I think I can count on for not just to make that jump, but go into open division next year, be one of those top four teams, and be a serious contender to to win the whole thing.
0: Lance, we didn't talk before this, so maybe we have the same one, but maybe not. Which high school football team is no one talking about now, but we will be in October. Who do you have, Lance?
2: Um, This is a weird one because it's definitely someone a team that people are talking about, but probably just not as much as they should, and that's going to be Santa Margarita. I I feel like everyone knows Santa Margarita was a big stock riser last year, first in the spring, then in the fall, becoming a legit open division team. Uh, When they didn't close the gap between them and the top three in the Trinity League further than that, even though that's already a huge accomplishment, I think not that the hype is gone, but it died down or it just quieted just a bit. It's like, okay, now we know where they stand and let's see if they can stay. I think they might have another jump in them. I didn't think they had another leap in them going into the fall after their spring campaign, losing their uh, they're 2021 seniors. Uh, I just think that they're a machine right now. From a chemistry cultural perspective, uh, they're attracting transfers uh, off the Wazoo. We know some of the Servite kids who are still around uh, after the the senior class that graduated. They went there, and uh, that Mosley, Gage, Burnett, and uh, they have another 2024 kid who's really impressive. I think he's going to be a monster uh, this season. He was already great last season, but. Uh, I think Lavar Tally, kind of a linebacker, uh, D end hybrid, uh, has the potential to be uh, an all-state type guy uh, this year. And there's just there's just so many pieces there uh, that are returning. Uh, Jackson Potter is a guy who has a ton of upside. He's already been productive at the high school level uh as a junior under center but i think he could be I, I think he has enough upside to really be uh borderline dominant and they're also re- uh, returning nico lopez a uh, good wide wide receiver tight end hybrid guy uh, and I, I just think they're gonna uh, their whole secondary donovan comestro uh blake wilson i could keep going uh, i just think they're gonna i'll put it all together uh have even more guys I'm, we're not talking about step up and uh, I think they're going to close the gap just a little bit more between them and the top two or so in in, in the state or, the, or uh, sorry in the section. Uh, not knock anyone off, but I think they're going to close the gap further.
0: Got it. Different team, same league for me. I have Jay Serra, three and eight last year. First game of the season, they lost to Sierra Canyon, forty to fourteen. Last game of the season, they met them in the playoffs and it was a game they almost won. They lost 42-35. That just shows the kind of improvement that Jay Sarah made last year. They're bringing just about everyone back. I thought Scott McKnight had a really good first season. Three and eight a year ago, I think they can beat Servite in the league this year, and potentially Orange Lutheran. They'll, they'll win their non-league games. They'll be on that D1-D2 line, probably D2, and I think they'll win some games in D2. I think Jay Sarah is a team that They might not have the name recognition of other teams, but last year showed me something, and I think they're going to be pretty good this season. Which high school team are you worried about, Bodie? Who is someone who had a great year a year ago, and you're a little bit worried heading into fall 2022?
1: Yeah, I shouldn't say worried because they always seem to way to find a way to at least be solid, and that would be Cathedral Catholic. We know how good they were uh, last year with that team and beating Folsom in one A championship and San Diego's open, open title. But if you look through the roster, there's just going to be a lot of talent um, and a lot of players that have barely played and are going to need to step up. They lose seven of their top eight offensive linemen, and that was such a good group for them this year. Uh, to block for Lucky Sutton, who they're also losing. They lose their backup, Darian Whaley. Uh, they lose quarterback Charlie Meyer. They lose Rex Haynes and Derek Wu their top two receivers. Defensively, Jackson Moyes off to Stanford, Tano Latuli, uh, Harmon Savanea. They're both gone. So there's there's not that there won't be talent because Victory Johnson, Marcus Ratliff, Madden Ferreira, those are all power five guys defensively. But I think offensively, there's going to be a ways to go in terms of getting close to what they were this year because there's just going to be so many guys that have not played big snaps and they're always going to play a great schedule. So uh, from the jump, they're going to need to be ready to go. I just would not expect them uh, to be anywhere close to what we saw this last season.
0: Lance, how about you? I think there's one obvious one we might both have. So if you say it, I will go in a different direction, but who are you worried about this year?
2: Uh, well, I, the, the obvious one we both have is Shirley Servite. Uh, yep. I mean, just one of one of the best top five team in the country last year. uh, They lost in an unreal senior class and then their best remaining players transferred. So uh, they they'll go from being stacked uh, to being a major underdog uh, in pretty much all their league games. Uh, And I haven't taken a look at some of their non-league games, but probably some of those too. And uh, do I trust Servite and Troy Thomas to reload? Absolutely. I think they're going to do a great job, Uh, but I think this year is just going to be that, that year where uh you you build through adversity and you look around and you see what you really have and uh, i i guess i don't have the words for it but uh, it's just going to be one of those years uh a re- rebuilding year for sure and uh, who knows what it'll take for them to get back to the level of top end talent they were at um but again that's not a knock on the program it's just knock on the lack of established personnel at this point in time
0: sure Troy thomas is an exceptional coach but you can only do so much with, with the talent you have. And in years past, when it, when he came back to serve the first time, and even when he was at Crespi, if you don't have the guys, it's really tough. And it looks like this year it's going to be a rebuilding year for them. So you're right, they're the obvious one. I'm a little nervous about Notre Dame and the Mission League. Not a great year a year ago, and things are trending that way again. And then Warren, I think, might have they, – they'll be good. But uh, Nico Ayamalyeva won't be their quarterback. He – Hasn't officially transferred anywhere yet, but he might go to IMG Academy in Florida. Either way, he's not going to be there, it looks like. So you lose him, you lose a lot of guys who would want to team up and play with him, which maybe affect kids who haven't even transferred to Warren, but maybe would have considered it if am Aliyeva was there. They have brought in some other guys, so they're they're going to be decent. But I, I think when you have a senior QB like Nico, there are going to be a lot of eyes on your program, and now with Warren – uh, things might go the other way. So so those are some teams there. But, hey, we're just talking. It's March. There's a lot of time, and, and these teams who we're talking about right now, they could certainly flip the script. So excited to uh, see what happens in the fall. Final football question, final question overall. This might have been my favorite thing to do out of, out of all of them. Your high school coach. It's an NFL-style draft. You have the first five picks, so maybe that's not exactly uh, realistic. But if, if you could pick anyone... First five, who, who are you picking out of San Diego, Bodie you, you have five selections. The whole talent pool, any, anyone from any team is available for you to select. You have five picks. Who are you taking on your team? First five.
1: Yeah, I may have not done this the the greatest way because I I tried to do it at five different positions. Yeah, where,
0: I, okay, that's uh, good. I did the same. Where
1: thing. the quarterback crew next year is really good, um, I'll start that way. Julian Sand from Carlsbad, still only going to be a junior, was so good last year thirty four touchdowns, five interceptions. Really has pick of whatever school he wants to go to. Um, Yeah, in that in that class, there's not too many that are going to be higher ranked than him. Uh, After him, I'll go Roderick Robinson, the running back from Lincoln has picked up some huge offers recently. I know Texas A&M, Miami, those are a couple of the recent ones. Uh, 6'1", 230, just so hard to bring down. Um, I know some coaches were talking in the postseason meeting. It's like if you you let him get any space and any speed, it, it's really it's over with because you're just not going to bring down what is really a, a bowling ball when he is just out um, and, and breaks out there on the, the sidelines. Uh, I'll go Jeremiah McClure at, at Modern Day Catholic, um, a two way player, but really looked at as a receiver at the next level, a guy that has a bunch of big time offers, but I think should have all of them. Such an impressive player. Um, just, and, and modern day Catholic has, I believe six returning receivers with offers. And, um, he may be the lead guy, but there's several others that deserve mention there. Uh, and then I'll finish it up with two Madison guys that I did mention. I'll pick an offensive lineman, Jonah Rodriguez. Uh, another power five guy, really athletic tackle there. Uh, and then a, an interesting junior two-way guy, James T. Vow. He was an all-CIF player last year. Uh, short yardage running back, but then defensively hard-hitting linebacker, um, a guy that I would think will be in contention to lead the county in tackles this year as a junior and um, a definite uh, power five guy there at the next level.
0: Lance, let's see how much we overlap. Top five picks, anyone you want. Who are you taking number one through five overall?
2: Let me preface this by saying that I do not have much knowledge of football scouting. So I, <laughs> am, not digging, I am not digging deep here, uh, and I only mustered four guys. Uh, but I feel good about who those four guys are. Uh, so uh, I, I'm looking for some two-way guys since I can only build around five. Uh, so I think for me, Mateo Uyongolele uh, and Makai Lemon are no-brainers, uh, just being star tight end, star D end. Mm-hmm. And then uh, star receiver cornerback guy. Um, so, so those two are no-brainers. Uh, I am Ayamaleevas on the board, uh, but between him and Nelson, I'm going to take Nelson just by just by a hair. Uh, give me Malachi Nelson. Keep the Los Al theme going. Uh, keep that Malachi Nelson, Makai Lemon battery there. Uh, and then for my the the other guy, I want to build around for sure. Uh, assuming he's good after his injury, praying that he is. Uh, going to f- fully recover or is fully recovered. Uh, Kingston Villiamuasa, uh super impressive linebacker, obviously 2024. Uh, so we'll we'll see how he does this year. Uh, but I think he's going to be back as good as ever. Uh, was an absolute man child in the spring season uh, of a freshman linebacker and uh, just nothing not to like about his game, uh, health permitting. So those are my four. And then maybe if I have to go with another guy off the top of my head, I'll take uh, maybe a St. John Bosco defensive back just for good measure, like a Peyton Woodyard or um, Marcellus Williams, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm open.
0: A lot of overlap as expected because Lancey did a very good job. I have Malachi Nelson one overall when Lincoln Riley likes you, he's the quarterback whisperer that tells me that I should like Malachi as well. And you know, the boards have him number one. So that that's a, I don't want to say no brainer, but that's my quarterback. Number one, overall number two, <laughs> DeAndre Carter, the left tackle from Modern Day. I think if this was an NFL draft style situation, you always see offensive linemen go really early. I think Carter is the best offensive lineman in the state, one of the best in the country. What he was able to do as a sophomore was really incredible. So I give him my second pick at number three. Like it's the NFL draft again. I look at defensive lineman Mateo Uyungalele. Have to pick him. He can go both ways as well. Four receiver corner who who you're gonna pick there it's a skill position guy uh on offense or or it's a defensive back on defense it's makai lemon lance for the reasons you said he does both so that's a great guy to build around and then five i went linebacker like you did lance but i went with leviticus sua from modern day i think now that david bailey's gone we're gonna see exactly what leviticus is capable of in his own system being the main linebacker back there for modern day i totally agree with you about kingston Viliamu asa lance he's great coming off the injury though he might fall a little bit if we're talking about uh, drafting a guy, but you're right, you can't go wrong with him either. He, he's young, he's he's healthy, and they'll he'll be great. So that was a fun exercise. Uh, thanks for indulging me, guys. Uh, but I hope everyone who listened enjoyed the podcast. Please, if you have anything to, to say to us, uh, any questions, feel free to email or, or, or tweet. Um, by all means, love to talk about this with anyone out there. So for Bodhi Silva and Lance Smith, I'm Connor Morissette. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.